0: authority marketing machine podcast increase your income have a bigger impact
1: i've got alex ferrari here with me he's an indie film hustle guru mm-hmm. so just to kick off mate so can you just give us a little bit about your background growing up and sort of how you got to where you are today
2: i fell in love with the film business when i worked at a video store Oh, so many years ago uh, while I was in high school. And that's where I kind of first fell in love with filmmaking in general. And then I, I you know, to make a long story short, I went to film school, got an internship at a, a commercial production house, and then got into post-production uh, editing and things like that first. Then got into directing and, uh, and following that dream as a director. Many misadventures and craziness have occurred during that time. One is the book that I'm sure we'll talk about later on. Yeah. And then uh, in 2015, I opened up Indie Film Hustle uh, as a kind of a platform where filmmakers, uh, screenwriters, and content creators could go to get the truth about the film industry. And I had been in the business now for 20 odd years now. And I wanted to kind of put together a resource that was really truthful and really kind of helped people because I got, I got, not only was I eaten up and spit out by the business so many times in my career. <laughs> But being in post production for so long, I I've worked with arguably hundreds if not thousands of filmmakers over the course of my career, and I heard all the stories. And being in editing and color grading and stuff like that, you sit in a room with producers, directors for hours and days and weeks at a time. So you talk, and you hear yeah. all these stories, and you hear distribution nightmares, and you hear all this kind of craziness. And I just said, "You know what I, I think I can help some people, and that's when I started the the podcast and the, the blog, and it's grown into a much bigger company and a bigger thing that I thought it would be, but now it's uh it's a big it, it's it's become much larger, and it's helping a lot of people, which is what you know the main focus of the of the platform is.
1: That's awesome, mate because I'd imagine not many people get to spend those hours and hours hanging around those people where the truth is getting talked
2: right because uh, there are people who do that but there's not many people who talk about it so you know there's obviously there's editors there's hundreds if not thousands thousands tens of thousands of editors and colorists and post supervisors that sit in a room and talk with people uh, all the time but I I just decided to kind of go out there and tell it how it is from my point of view at least from from you know I don't know everything by any stretch (laughs) but um, I bet I've been around the block a few times and uh, and then now between that and, and interviewing, I'm in episode 308 now, I think, of my podcast. So yeah, I've, it out. I speak to that. I interview a lot of industry people and I get to sit down and talk to them for like an hour, hour and a half. So I've learned just an enormous amounts just from yeah. interviewing people. So Absolutely.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's a wealth of knowledge there. And would you say that your product or the, the thing that you yeah, help people with, is almost like a shortcut or a map of how to not waste your time, basically. is that, That's sort of what I'm picking up out of. it. I think
2: a lot of it is not wasting your time, but I'm also, I also try to not only inspire and motivate, but also now recently in a lot of my recent work, I've started to kind of dig in a little deeper in like, why are you not breaking through that fear of making your movie or writing that yep. script? Or what is your mindset and how is your mindset affecting your decision-making? the people you surround yourself with. Are you educating yourself on a daily basis? Are you physically taking care of yourself? You know, there's all these kinds of things that nobody, absolutely nobody's talking about in my my niche, but it's so important because I went through it and I'm still going through it where like it took me 20 years to direct my first feature film where I easily could have done it 15 years earlier. But the Uh, fear and the mindset and the subconscious programming that was put into me from early on when I was a child all the way yeah. to where I almost made a, you know, a $20 million movie for the mob and, and how that all, <laughs> went, all went to hell, which we'll talk about later, but how affected my, my subconscious had every decision I made for the rest of my career from that point on. And your brain was just literally trying to protect you from hurting again
1: yeah yeah moving away from pain or, or whatever and
2: uh, moving away from uh, pain and going towards pleasure and that concept of oh i don't want to go there again like the yeah. last time you almost made a feature film you almost yeah. got killed yeah. <laughs> you, almost you almost went bankrupt your girlfriend left you your dog died i mean it was like all these things that yeah, yeah and you're just like why would you want to go back there so on a subconscious level that's what was going on and not only until after i kind of wrote the book and all that stuff that I realized that, but those are other things I talk about on Indie Film Hustle as well as, uh, you know, yeah. how not to waste time. I try to give as much information as I can because man, there's, I wasted a lot of time and I know a lot of filmmakers yeah. who waste a lot of time. And the one big thing I talk about a lot is ego. Ego controls. Just, a it's lot. A, yeah. yeah. It's just oh. not a good thing. <laughs>
1: I do authority marketing, so authority marketing machine. I think a lot of what you've talked about moves across into that area. It's like a lot of people uh, hold themselves back through thinking that it's like an imposter syndrome sort of thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, like they're like, oh, I'm not that good at it or whatever, when in actual fact they are they are an authority or an expert on it, but they won't allow themselves to move forward for, like you said, 20 years. It could be even just a few years. Or it could be a
2: lifetime. It could be a lifetime of untapped uh, potential that's just not used. But what you just said is a perfect example is, the thing is, is not until you understand it on a conscious level, do you not understand what the unconscious is doing to you. So if you understand that, and this is all scientific, what I'm about to say. And yes. it's, it's been tested multiple times that the first seven years of your life is where all the programming comes in. So yes. wherever you're born into, in the, in, and this is nature nurture argument, but <laughs> you've kind of come along with this is that when you're born, you are molding. Your ideas and thoughts about the world based around your parents, about your siblings, about your community, about the environment that you're, great, you're raised in, period. And people are like, well, how's that? Well, I'm like, well, I'll ask you a question. Are there Vikings being born today? Are there Spartan warriors being born today? No. As you come in mostly as a blank slate there is some programming at the factory that you come yeah. in with like you know artistic intention <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: yeah you program at the factory like oh yeah i'm, really, <laughs> I'm never be a basketball player like i yeah. don't have the genetics to be a football player so there yeah, are exactly. certain traits and things that you do come in with but the mindset is truly created in those first seven years and you don't even have to work at it it's just the way yeah. the brain works So like, oh, this is what this is. This is what that is. So if you think about it, that's why rich people stay rich and poor people stay poor. They don't know any different. How many rich guys have you met who are absolute idiots? Who you like, how are these guys? (laughs) How did they fail up? And then how many, how many middle or poor class people have you met that are super talented, super smart, but yet they can't break through a certain Point
1: Missing the network, missing
2: the mindset. But what, but that thing is, is that that those limitations are built inside of them from the point. So if you work, if yeah. you work, and I'll give my example of what, how I was raised. I was raised in a middle, lower middle class family, you know, yeah. of immigrants, Cuban, they came in from Cuba and yeah. my grandfather was a hard working man has cutting sugar cane at seven, you know? So yeah. he, he's a self-made man. His message, who was, he was a very big impact in my life. His message or his subconscious message to me was, you have to work hard for your money. And there is a limit to how far you can go. Because I saw the limit of where he could go. You could be very successful. You can have a a nice business. You could have maybe two or three businesses. But there's a limit. On a subconscious level, there was a limit of where I saw, right? Now, it's rich dad, poor dad. I mean, seriously, it's rich dad, poor dad. and it's so true because the mentalities were completely different. Where I went to high school, I had a really rich friend who I went to met. He's dad. And yeah. I was talking to him about stuff. And he would just like, and I looked at him and he was a multimillionaire. And I just started seeing different things in there. But my programming was set. I, it helped a little bit, but the programming was set. So until you actively start to break through that hardwiring specifically.
0: Yeah, if, that's the easiest thing
2: it's it's just programmed into and you you can do it you can't break through it but it takes time and you can reprogram yourself to be able to open yourself up but it that's why these you know people who are born rich with those kind of environments have such a leg up purely yeah. just exposed to it i feel like look yeah. imagine if you were born michael jordan's kid yeah. happened yeah. to have basketball talent yeah what a leg up in the world!
1: Not too bad at all. Hey, like, and you're surrounded by evidence of things working. Do you know what I mean? So, unless you have grown up in a family that's wealthy through business or whatever it is, you don't have any evidence that that's actually actual possible. You're able to get that. So, until you can go out and get some evidence of that for yourself, it's not achievable.
2: In your mind, it isn't. I mean, you do have examples. Of it now because there's so much media out there. But at the in the back of your head are like, well, that's not me. I just didn't have that. <laughs> I can't be Gary V because yeah. Gary V, you know, had a wine, and you start making excuses up in your head because yeah, your yeah, mind no, no, no. Is, is literally just trying to protect you. It's literally protecting you in the place where it feels comfortable. Because on an evolutionary standpoint, comfort and predictability. <laughs> means you're not going to get eaten by a tiger. That's basically it. That's what your mind's trying the to protect you from.
1: The old crocodile brain there. <laughs>
2: exactly, exactly.
1: And, like, and I always say that the magic happens outside of the comfort zone, but it's really hard to, to push yourself into that uncomfortable area. But that's where I've got all of my growth and great things have happened is when I've got uncomfortable, you know what I mean? So,
2: well, I mean, you look at the analogy of working out. I mean, we've all been to a gym at one point or another in our life when we first get there, it sucks that first day or two or first week or two of working out. And you're like back in the gym, your body is so uncomfortable. And that's why most people quit. Yeah. Yeah. But but you have to set a new bar of what your comfort zone is. And that's what makes you excel beyond other people around you because you're able to deal with that pain and then tell your body and your mind going, this is the new comfort. And when you get like, Oh, my new, like my new comfort it's so different than mine's was a year ago where I wake up at four o'clock in the morning and I go to the gym and I read two to three books a week and all that's my new standard, my new habit, which we could talk I about. To do, that's massive.
1: But I was going to say that like not many people have got 306 podcast episodes <laughs> wrong in a fairly short period of time. So to do a podcast, maybe be, Coming more normal now, but to be that prolific at it is not normal, but it's normal for you, you know what I mean
2: yeah, I mean to me, three podcasts a week, which is what I do now. I do two for Indie film hustle podcast, and I do one for the bulletproof screenplay podcast, yeah, yeah, almost all the time, unless I'm sick like I've been this week, so it's yeah. been real life <laughs> uh but that is my normal if you if you pick up a thousand pounds every day that's your normal yeah. that's just exactly what you do and if you pick up 50 you're like what is this but the 50 is where everybody else is at it's just it's just all a mind it's all what you what your normal is what your habits are and what your mindset or construct of reality is in your head what you're capable uh, of doing
1: everyone's looking at you wondering how you pick up that thousands because you've been doing it you know what i mean so yeah
2: yeah i was looking i was i was watching a documentary the other day of like i think he's considered the greatest Athlete or the fittest man in history. He's one of the CrossFit guys. He won.
1: Yeah, uh, Rick, Rick Fronin,
2: Rick fronan Rick fronan I saw the whole documentary on Netflix on, him and I'm like, that guy is the personification of what I'm talking about because yeah. his workouts are so extreme. He doesn't break. He works out seven days a week, and he just just is a beast. Now he has obviously yeah. genetic, you know, advantages and stuff, but his work ethic is far so far beyond everybody else. When everybody is dying at the end, he's starting to ramp up. Why? Because (laughs) just used to doing it. That's just the way it is. So you you use that as an analogy. You're like, well, I like that was my when I started my podcast. This is what I this is exactly what I said to myself. I was like, Well, there's other filmmaking podcasts out there, but they're only doing one a week. I'm gonna do two a week. I'm just gonna double, I'm gonna double everybody else. You know, and it's kind of like uh, you know, John Lee Dumas, entrepreneur on fire.
1: Oh, I've heard of the name. Yeah. I can't put my finger on it. exactly. Yeah. But- he
2: was, he was a guy that came out with a podcast about entrepreneurs. Like there's a few of those out there.
1: Yeah, And, yeah,
2: and he said, you know what? I'm going to do a seven day a week podcast. Whoa. Yeah. He that's does, and he's got thousands of episodes now because he set <laughs> stuff up. He's like, I'm going to do. And what did it, how did it work out for him? He's number one. He does all this stuff. He's and because he's just prolific. So I was like, I can't do seven a week, but I'll do
1: two. Yeah. A week. <laughs> Three is pretty good, above average.
2: Three is far beyond any of my com- my contemporaries, yeah. and and I always tell them they're like, "Well, you know, I might start doing two a week. If you do two a week, I'll do four a week, dude. You do not want to play with me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You've got that winning attitude, eh?
2: Well, I'll always tell people I'm like, you might be smarter, you might be more connected, you might have a bunch of different things that I don't have. But the one thing you never do is outwork me. That's just the way you have to be.
1: Now, I've got a couple of questions for you, Alex, and this leads into that really well. So what, what is it that drives you? Like, It's obvious that you've got a massive amount of drive. What is it that's deep inside of you that, that makes that drive?
2: I think that, you know, I, I always tell people, like when you have a goal in life, and goals are great, but when you have a goal, you know, I'm going to lose 30 pounds. That's a goal, right? Yes. Well, that goal needs motivation. You need something yes. to kind of push you towards the goal, right? Yes. This is not easy. But when you have a mission or a calling that pulls you forward, it you yes. don't need motivation. I don't need motivation to wake up every morning. I don't need to watch motivational videos to get me hyped up to do what yes. I do today with Indie Film Muscle. It is a mission, it's a calling in my life because now I discovered I'm like, "Oh, I can help other people," which is extremely addictive. Yeah. Because you just on a selfish standpoint, the energy that comes back to you because you are putting out good stuff is, yeah. is insane, right? You know what I'm talking about, so it is an addictive quality in itself. Then I'm like, well, wait a minute, I could also make a living doing this, yeah, I could also create my own art as a filmmaker doing this, I can yeah. write books doing this and express myself as an artist. Well, hell, man, I think that's a good mission, isn't it? I think that's, that's a really good calling in yeah. life and that's what drives me. That's what drives yeah. me the money, And that's why someone who's into it for the money, someone into it for their own ego, is never, ever, ever going to be able to compete. And at the end of the day, you're really not competing with anybody. At the end of the day, you're only competing with yourself. Because right. if you look at it, I, I like always using Apple as an example. Simon, Simon Siddick, who is a great author, wrote the, the uh, Start With Your Why, oh,
0: yeah.
2: has that great story about when he went to Apple and Microsoft
0: yeah. and he
2: was speaking Microsoft executives, 80% of the guys talking at that event, were all like, we got to do this to Apple and we got to do this and we're going to beat Apple doing that. And we got to do this, this, yep. and this. And then he went over to Apple and nobody was talking about Microsoft. Exactly. They were just, they were just like competing with themselves. Yeah. And that's at the end of the day, man, you got to compete with yourself because when you're about to go under six feet under at the end <laughs> of the day, you're alone. The same way you came in. <laughs> And one great quote I always like, there's two great quotes I always like saying. One's by Joseph Campbell, which says, the treasure that you seek is in the cave that you're afraid to walk into.
1: Yeah. That's a comfort zone stuff again.
2: It's a comfort zone stuff. And then the other one, which really hits people really hard, it's by Robin Schwama, yeah. uh, the monk who sold his Ferrari. He said, <laughs> that's, his, that's the name of his book, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Yeah, I love it. He said, most people... Die at twenty, and get buried at ninety.
1: That is on the podcast of yours that I listen to, and I love it too. It's sort of true. Like um, people get bogged down, and they buy a car, and then they're stuck at this job, and then they sort of give up.
2: The construct, the mindset. I don't want to move out of this box, the comfort zone, and they stay in that comfort zone literally from twenty all the way to die because they never are afraid to break free of that, to challenge themselves, to push themselves outside of their comfort zone. And they literally waste their entire life. I know met so many people have done that. And, you know, people close to me, people who I've met, people I've seen from afar, people I've you know, walked the path with. Yeah. And they're like, how are you doing? And I'm like, dude, because I'm pushing myself. I'm putting places. Like, I, look, man, I wrote this book, right? I've yep. never written a book in my life. It's called Shooting for the Mob. Yeah, great. And I've never written a book before. And I was the guy who couldn't read really well in first grade. <laughs> and I'm like a writer now, like really? So I sat yeah. there, I'm going to write this book. And I'm also going to write the book about the darkest time of my life where I was broke and broken and yeah. so close to your dream. You know, if, if the book is basically about a time where I was hired by a gangster to write, to make a movie about his life, a $20 million movie about his life. Well. And, That whole experience. But then I was also flown out to Hollywood. And I met the biggest movie stars, the biggest producers, all when I'm 26 years old. While my life is being threatened almost on a daily basis from a psychotic, bipolar, egomaniacal, maniac gangster. It's like Joe Pesci from Goodfellas. Imagine. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, gotcha.
2: And I lived in this book for a year. This happened to me 18 years ago. This happened in 2001. And it took me that many years to... Get the courage up to tell the story. But I, this is so out of my comfort zone. It's not even funny.
1: Sounds like an interesting story. Um, where can you get a copy of it?
2: Oh, it's on Amazon. You can, it's Amazon in Australia right now, it's uh, Amazon everywhere. Find bookstores sold in the US, I know for sure. And then we're going to start venturing out. We just released it, but you can go to shootingforthemob.com and it's, you can go right awesome. to Amazon. Right. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, but that's an example of breaking through your comfort zone. And, I've thought, yeah. and I kept figuring out, I'm like, oh, I got to do what Joseph Campbell says. Like, the treasure you seek is in the, in the, in the cave you're afraid yeah. to look into. And exactly. it's so
1: true. And the, look, that probably leads into the next question I've got yeah. for you, because this one's fairly obvious. What specific things do you believe have contributed to you establishing your authority in the film industry?
2: I looked, when I first launched it, I saw, I, I, I analyzed the marketplace. Uh, yeah. now mind you, I have what they call street cred, you know, so I'm a filmmaker. I have, I've, I've been around the block a bit. I've been to film festivals. I've done a few things in the business by yeah. no stress, majorly successful. I'm always, I always say people, to tell people I'm the least predominant filmmaker of my generation, <laughs> but I looked at the marketplace and I looked yeah. at the niche and I was like, you know what? There's nobody, there's nobody doing what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I did the, you know, the blue water, red water mentality. Yeah. 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 So I, everybody over there is doing red water. I'm going to do blue water. So I yeah, jumped exactly. into the, I, I jumped into, I created my own blue water scenario, which was in the Film Hustle, which kind of touched on what they did, but I did it in a completely different way. And I was straight in your face. I was yeah. raw, but I was, you know, so it's kind of like I punch you, but then I, I pick you back up. I punch okay. you, I pick you back up because the business will level you and then kick yeah. you down. So I'm trying to prepare them to like, this is the reality, not the crap that teach you at film school, not the stuff that they, you're watching on YouTube videos. It's like, oh, it's all fluffy and follow your dreams. Yeah, like, yeah, gotcha. I always tell people, follow your dreams, but don't be an idiot. It's straight, so that kind of rawness and straightforwardness is what made me stand out right away, like within a, within a few minutes. People listening to me, they're like, who the hell is this guy? Where'd he come from? Yeah. And I studied, the, I studied the marketplace and I also studied SEO marketing and online businesses and, you know, I, the 4-Hour Workweek and yeah, yeah. Gary Vee, Seth Godin, all those guys, nine months to a, th- a year before I launched. So yeah. when I launched, I was, I was more prepared than most. Yeah. And when I came out, I came out with guns of blaring and people yeah, yeah. Like, reaching out to me like, who are you? Where did you come from? Like, how are you doing this? And within a three-month period, I was the number one filmmaking podcast on iTunes. And it was all because of the hustle and also because of just educating myself. So I think the two biggest things I would say that leads to success in whatever you're doing in life is going to be hustle and educating yourself into whatever you're trying to do. Educate yeah. yourself as much as humanly possible. Like I told, I said before, I read two to three books a week, yeah. audiobooks. I'm just, I'm just absorbing. And if not, and when I'm not watching, I'm not doing that. I'm watching lectures in the background while I'm working during the day, if not I'm taking online courses or yeah. master classes or things like that, constantly educating myself, constantly getting input in and then once that input goes in, it gets starts it gets started getting filtered and a lot of the stuff I'm talking to you about about mindset I read all of that then I started incorporating all that stuff into what makes sense for me and then then filtering it for filmmakers and screenwriters and stuff like yeah,
1: that. Just just uh, like a sieve sort of thing.
2: But, it's, a company, but it's, like a, it's like a recipe. You can yeah. give the same guy or girl the same 20 books to read. And you yeah. get a different outcome.
0: <laughs> it's all That's filtered
2: through you, your experience, what you've done, yeah. what you add to it. But education and absolute hustle. Those are the two biggest things um, that I find that are the biggest impact on my, um, on yeah. my whatever success I might have.
1: So like when you say hustle, I translate that into taking action. So like doing shit, basically, that's...
2: Oh, every day, every day. I mean, The Power of Habit is a great book and it really is, it's all about your habits. It's all about the little habits that you're able to create every day. These micro decisions that you make on your daily basis, that is what's going to move you forward. That is what's going to take you to the next place. So if you make a micro decision of like, I'm going to wake up every morning to work out. Yeah, that's one decision. You don't have to change all of them at once. Do that one decision. Then the next one after that, after three or four weeks, after 66 days, it's now hardwired, by the way. That's the number yeah. now. It's 66 days. Yeah. Right. It's not there you 33 go. days. It's not three weeks. It's 66 days. That's scientifically what the number is now. After 66 <laughs> days, it is now a new habit. I feel weird not working out at five o'clock in the morning. Like it, yeah. I, I, I don't even like weekends. Because yeah. my gym doesn't <laughs> open up at, at five o'clock on weekends. Yeah, I'm like,
0: yeah, gotcha. it
2: freaks me out, man. I want to go work out at five o'clock because it's now ingrained in me. So then yes. the next one is like, I'm going to meditate. I'm going to meditate 30 minutes a day. Yeah. So that that nice. process, those little micro, ha- those little micro decisions create new habits. I'm not going to go to McDonald's anymore. I'm just not going to eat McDonald's anymore. That's a new little thing. And once you start, all of these things start piling up, you become, you become a very dangerous force. In, yeah. your, in your own life, in, in developing your own dreams and, and getting to where you want to be in life. And, and, and actually just building the life that you've dreamed of, not only just your career, not only just your business, but your health, your relationships, your social world, like, you know, your, your intellectual world. There's so many different areas that you have to create to create a balanced life. How many rich yeah. guys you know who live in, who can't hold down a girlfriend, who can't build a family? Who have there's plenty of examples in there. Right. Or people who are beautiful, loving families who are broke. Like there's no balance. You yeah. have to have a balance of all these elements in life to really live a really outstanding life. And that's what I'm trying to do every day.
1: That's awesome, mate. Just on, you've probably led me into this really well. What's your morning routine? Do you have a specific thing? I know you sure. go to the gym at... Was it four
2: or five? I wake up around four, four, to try to I see if I could get a quick little 30 minute meditation. And I meditate yeah. for about two to three hours a day, but I work out for an hour, go to uh, take care of my kids to get them off to work afterwards, have breakfast, come into work at around 8 30, which is yeah. where you see me right now. Yeah, I Work until around five or six, clock out, and then go talk to, uh, then just family time for two, three hours. Yeah. And at right. the end of the night, I either veg out with my wife watching something on Netflix or Amazon or something, or we watch like lectures or documentaries or yeah. courses together to educate ourselves. Um, but
1: yeah, your morning thing is meditation, gym.
2: Yeah, I try to do meditation, gym, eating—you know, all that stuff. But the gym is the biggest part because if you if you're able to work out early in the morning, yeah, it releases certain endorphins in your mind that set you up to succeed for the rest of the day
1: yeah i agree
2: so there's that and then if you do that with meditation in the morning it's a really dangerous combination it's fantastic (laughs) and there's a reason why like i think it's like 80 or 90 percent of some of the top ceos high performers in the world they all meditate
0: yeah, that's that's a
2: fact. Yeah, that's so, been, uh, and I can't tell you how how important my meditation practice is to me. It is is a cornerstone of my my existence.
1: Yeah, I, I do a twenty minute practice every day, and it's it's hard to do it, but once you you know your sixty six day thing, yeah, once it becomes part of what you do, it's like I look forward to it. It's, you feel fantastic. So
2: oh, it's it's fantastic. And now if you and imagine you do twenty minutes, imagine doing two to three hours a day. Yeah,
1: that's, Not in that's, a row, by the way.
2: Not in a row. I do like an hour here, an hour there, an hour. Yeah. But yep. w- imagine. Oh. <laughs> oh. I can't even tell. I don't even, look, I only sleep around five to six hours a night. I don't need any more sleep. When you yeah. meditate at a certain level, you, I, like, I get a burst of energy. I even do little micro yeah. meditations like every hour and a half or so. I try to like, sleep, I, I, sleep. I try to do like a five to ten minute meditation just to kind of recharge the battery a bit. And it works
1: you're probably getting more well-rested out of building that end of your day than sleeping for 10 hours anyway. So right. last question, Alex, is if you were able to give your 18-year-old self one piece of advice, what would it be?
2: Little Alex, I got to tell you, <laughs> that is all about one word, patience. Patience, patience, patience. This is a long game. It is not a short game. You've got to look at the long game. You cannot look at the short game. And I lived in the short game for so long because I was impatient as hell. I'm still battling the patient demon myself. I feel I've gotten much better, but I have a long way to go. And uh, patience, 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 because everybody wants things now. Everybody wants it uh, without work. Everybody just wants that call from Mount Hollywood. Someone call you and say, hey, you, you come here. I'm going to give you $200 million to go direct this movie. Let's go. Like, that's what they want. They, but they yeah. don't understand that. Even if I had the power to give that to a 20-year-old filmmaker, that would destroy them. And they don't yeah. understand that. They just don't understand yeah. that. They would destroy. It's like me giving a brand new MBA student who's just starting his MBA, I'm going to give you a $100 million CEO job to run one of the biggest corporations in the world.
1: Yeah, he's
2: having lunch. He would be eaten alive, or she would be eaten alive, because yeah. they're not ready. They might think they're ready, but it's it's like Mike Tyson says: everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the face. <laughs> and it's so true. It's, it's Everyone's got a plan until you're punched in the face and then all of it goes out the window.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good one too. <laughs> to, to wrap it up, Alex, any yeah. advice? We help people that are building uh, businesses to give themselves fulfillment and, and a life of freedom and, and help other people. True. Any advice that you could give to our listeners around that?
2: Yeah, I think that the biggest, the biggest thing for online entrepreneurs and people who are building up online businesses is that you need to think one thing and one thing only upfront. The first thing you should think about that, that should filter all your decision making is, am I being of service to my audience? What kind of value am I providing my audience? Not how much money I can make, not how, how quick, how much traffic am I going to get? What kind of deal can I put together? What value am I providing to my audience? What kind of service am I providing? If you can lead with that, everything else follows. If you're educating yourself on the other aspects of the business, meaning affiliate marketing or course creation or any of the other millions of revenue streams that you can create, if you are leading with how can I be of service to my audience? What is this going to do for my audience? What impact on lives will I have to my audience? If you lead with that, everything else follows. And it took me a minute to figure that out. I can't yeah.
0: see I,
2: I mean it. <laughs> I, I, I'm not Mother Teresa, but I, you know, I walked into the game you know, wanting to help without question, but that wasn't yeah. the leading reason at the beginning. Yeah. Only as I started to realize, I've been doing this now, it's going to be close to four years that I've had indie film, so, which is uh, like a blink in the internet like in in the world of a business, that's nothing. Yeah, yeah, sure. But during that time, I've realized a bunch of stuff and one of them is being more of service. And the second I started changing my, I pivoted more towards that. Yeah. And less about money, 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 money. Guess what happened? Yeah. Showed up. (laughs)
0: Opportunities
2: (laughs) presented themselves. I can't even tell you the kind of deals that have been shown up because of providing value first.
1: Yeah. Change and, your focus. That's uh, yeah. that's the first thing we work on. So, and I realised that a few years back. If you if you focus on solving a problem for a person and actually you know giving them value, that yeah, the money shows up. Funnily enough, like you think about it for a minute, like you said, and you're like, ah,
2: oh. oh yeah, like you like actually provide a product or a service that people actually want and change their lives, and all of a sudden, <laughs> what do you mean? Can't they just create clickbait and like you know? <laughs> sort of marketing scams to kind of get them to hit the, the buy button. Like uh, that might work once or twice, man, but that's not That's not long term. And at the end of the day, you also got to sleep, you know, to exactly. be in your own skin, man. You got to go to bed and look at yourself in the mirror at night and go, Are you, is that the guy you want to be? You want to create, yeah. you know, black websites that kick back <laughs> backlinks to your <laughs> website and all this kind <laughs> of, you know, dark web kind of crap.
1: I think the thing that's missing if you go down that path as well is, like we spoke about it earlier, when you help someone and you see the results, you, you can't buy that feeling. Yeah. So you miss that whole component of the the joy of, you know, once you've nailed down your business and what Re- you're supposed to do. If
2: you're about the money and the money only, that will drive you for so long, man. It will. It will drive my, and, and you might be money thungry and money thirsty. Listen, dude, I was, I was a kid. I understand. Okay. You know, I like, I I can recite to you the, the speech that Gordon Gecko gives in Wall Street about greed is yeah, good. I, that, I could literally recite it off the top of my head right now if I wanted to. So <laughs> I memorized it when I was a kid. I get all that. And that's, that's a certain level of existence. That's a certain level of consciousness. But when you transcend that is when real things can start happening. If you're yeah. able to provide a service and help people and really do good in the world and leave the world in a better way than when you got there, Man, that's what it's all about, you know, and that's when it turns from a goal into a mission, into a, yeah. into a calling. And that's when you don't have to wake up in the morning like, oh, God, I got, I dance. <laughs> I dance every day to my office and it's a, it's a pleasure to do what I do every day. I'm happy. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe it took me so long to figure this out. Like, I can't <laughs> believe it. I'm going to be 45 soon. You know, I can't believe that. That that's good, that it took me so long to get to this place in my life. I'm like, man, I wish I could have done this when I was 30. But I was an idiot when I was 30. I was a complete <laughs> moron when I was 30. Um, I really Dude. was. I really was. E- you couldn't. My ego couldn't fit in a stadium, sir. It was ridiculous. But don't worry. Like I, like the, I always say, I'm like when I see egos like that, which oddly enough, I see a few of them here in L.A. I always say, oh, don't worry. The, the business will take care of them or the, or the universe in general will take care of them. It's just, it's just the way it is, man. You know, it, it's like, it's like Rocky said, like it's, it's not, a, it's not about getting hit. It's about how, how hard you get hit and keep moving forward. Yeah. No, it's, it's so, so true. If I may quote, Mr. Balboa <laughs> life will bring you to your knees It'll bring you to your knees. The universe will bring you to your knees at one point or another in your life. And how you deal with that is how you're going to move in life. And mine was this. Yep. This experience brought me to my knees. And mind you, do you think I learned from that? Nah, I was brought to my knees multiple times later. Not as bad.
1: (laughs) Sometimes I think like you, you got a book out of that. And I think sometimes when you're brought to your knees or the biggest adversity that you have, you know, that's where all the magic comes from as well. Like at the time, it's like the worst thing that's ever happened, but provides opportunity and stuff for you down the track a lot of the time.
2: The the question you have to ask yourself, not only as an entrepreneur, but as a human being, do you truly believe that the universe is against you or it has your back? Those are the two questions you need to ask yourself and that will determine whether you make it or break or or it makes or breaks you period. If you believe that the universe is against you, guess what? You're right. If you believe that the universe has your back, guess what? You're right. Yeah. It's all about the mindset. It's how you believe things go out and do everything come out exactly the way you want. No, of course not. Do you think this was my plan all along since I opened the knee muscle? Absolutely not. I would lie to you if I believed that.
0: Yeah, yeah. Have,
2: has anything kind of come to true of what I originally thought? 5%, 10%, yeah. maybe. Everything else is brand new stuff. Best times I ever had were when I was fired from jobs. I've been fired from two jobs. Very yeah. proud of my firings. Uh-huh. And they both led me down paths that I needed to go down. And when bad things happen, yeah, like, you know, when the girl, like this, this thing, this experience, I would never take it away from me because it made me who I am today. It's like my origin stories. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. That experience shaped me. Dude, I got yeah. to meet Batman. Like there's a whole chapter on Batman. Like, <laughs> I literally went and met the actor who played Batman at his Wayne Manor estate.
0: That I'm 86
2: years old and I'm sitting across from Batman talking to him about a movie about a gangster and he wants to play the leading part. Like, oh Where else in life will I be able to get that?
0: Yeah, so that's a the experiences bad.
2: that happened through this, through that event, it's indescribable. But would I rather it not happen at the time? Of course I would have rather uh, it not happen at the time. Yeah. But it's the best thing that ever happened to me and in many, many ways. If you think my ego was bad at 30, oh, my God, at 22? Oh, holy Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, my
2: God. I was impossible.
1: <laughs> you probably needed to be in that industry, though, I'd imagine. Oh, um, my,
2: was impossible. I was, look, I was 22 years old living at home. No car payment, because it was paid for. No yeah. rent. No, no, no expenses. Yeah. Make, like, eighty five, ninety thousand dollars 90000
1: a year in 1997, 98. Yeah, that's
2: a goodie. Yeah, you'd probably think. Are you'd you I so was, then. like, my... My, you know what didn't stink, and I was oh, dude, I was insane <laughs> I was able to deal with. But you know what? Like I say, the world, the the the, the, the life, life has a way.
1: That's great, man. Uh, I just want to thank you for coming on. It's been awesome to meet you today.
2: Yeah, me too, man. Yeah. So, indie film hustle, and for people who want to get a hold of me, IndieFilmHustle.com dot com is uh, the hub of everything I do. AlexFerrari.com Ferrari um, for consulting and speaking and directing and other things i do there and uh shooting for the mob for the book and then i also we never talked about but we also have a streaming service for filmmakers like a netflix for filmmakers at indiefilmhustle.tv and on all my all social medias at indiefilmhustle uh except for uh, instagram which is ifilmhustle
1: awesome mate that's uh there's plenty of spots to come and find you
2: (laughs) yeah i'm not hard to find brother i'm not hard to find (laughs) legend
1: mate thank you
2: thank you brother Learn more about the Authority Marketing Machine Framework by visiting
1: authoritymarketingmachine.com.au.